0: What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by Our friends over at Freeman Mazda and their ride of the week. So make sure you check it out. Stick around because we'll talk more about the ride of the week in a few moments. But before we do all of that, though, yeah, just going to talk broadly about what the intention of this show is. You guys know that I'm optimistic usually about the Cowboys with a realistic and objective view of them and we look at stats and we look at the numbers and we do all of that and I try to do my best to every time that I give an opinion kind of like consider the other side of the coin, right? So we talk about the pros and cons of situations and then jump into an opinion. Uh, tonight I want to explore three things specifically, three reasons to be a skeptical about the Dallas Cowboys in 2023 and really do so from a point of view about how many of the things that we talk about potentially turning out to be good things can also turn out to be bad things right and kind of like change it up a little bit here heading into the into the Cowboys training camp in 2023 I thought that it would be a fun exercise more than anything because again Uh, We can really get ahead of ourselves with some of the conclusions that we can take away as fans, as content creators, and sometimes seeing things from the other side can be helpful for us to get a more insightful opinion of things and a more insightful view of things in general. Uh, Toxic Tom is going to call this show Most Toxic Takes, says Toxic. Uh, Maybe John Jones is what's up. What is up, Mark, Aaron? Thank you for joining the show. Uh, we've got Charlene Evans as well. We've got Ines. Toxic says, the only reason to be skeptical, the Jones still own the team, and they are the black hole of football success, says Toxic. So we're already on the skeptical side of things there. Uh, shout out to Holly. We've got Regina Green in the chat as well. Who else am I missing? I think, uh, I, I, think I had already said hi to Gregory. We've got Lance, Gilbert. Thank you guys for tuning into the show. Let's dive right into it. Let's dive dive right into it, excuse me. And I'm going to start with the defense. I'm going to start with the defense. And that might be the number one reason why we are excited about the 2023 Cowboys, right? You look at the last couple of years and you look at what Dan Quinn has done for Dallas. You look at Michael Parsons evolution. Now the Cowboys seem to have an even better defensive backfield after acquiring Stephon Gilmore on a trade. Uh, uh, we're about to see the second year of Deron Bland's career after he impressed us all during his rookie season. So I think that right now we're expecting a better defensive backfield, a better defensive line with the additions of first-round draft pick, nose tackle, Massey Smith, second-year jump from Sam Williams, another year of experience for starting three-technique defensive tackle, Ozo Digisuwa. So it's a lot of reasons to be excited about the Cowboys' defense, and we see it as the unquestionable biggest strength of the team. And while I would say that perhaps the two strongest position groups for the Cowboys are on defense, I'm going to say that defensive regression has to be one of the reasons why you are skeptical about the 2023 Dallas Cowboys. It's ironic because just last week, we had a show here on Primetime talking about how the defense, at least on paper, seems to be an even better unit and how I think that they're going to be better equipped from a schematic point of view to deal with the 2023 season. And we looked at how Dan Quinn was changing up his coverages. We looked at how the Cowboys were going to be even more willing to play with their structure of the defense. We took a deep dive to that last week on prime time in case you want to check it out, but defensive regression is a thing. And for those of you unfamiliar with the term, that is a statistic term that has been proven or at least strongly backed up that looks at how, it is easier for NFL teams to remain successful on offense than it is for them to remain successful on defense. And I have a quick graphic to show you more or less how that looks like. We've got on the left side, uh, the 2021 top 10 defenses in EPA per play, while on the right side, you've got the top 10 defenses of 2022. And there are a lot of shifts, even more than if you look at the league's offenses. Around the league, because four out of top of the top ten defenses in 2021 returned to the top ten in 2022, and just two of five when looking at the top five exclusively. There's a reason for this beyond just you know beyond just oh I got worse on defense or I lost this and that player. It goes well beyond that. It goes honestly just with your regular season schedule. Like, I'll give you an example. Last year, the Cowboys faced, or, or more, you know, they didn't face Justin Herbert. They didn't face Josh Allen. They didn't face Tua tungo They faced Jalen Hurts just once instead of twice. And now they're going to face, assuming they're all healthy, of course, they're going to face Josh Allen and Tua tungo two of the top four quarterbacks in EPA per play last year, plus completion percentage over expectations. So that would be QB efficiency as measured by com. You're also facing Rogers in week two. You're facing five QBs out of the top 10 from last year in, in quarterback efficiency. That's what you're facing in 2023. And seven of the top 15. And of those seven, one is Jalen Hurts, who you're going to face twice. Another is... Daniel Jones, who I know we're not going to put in that elite category or anything like that, but he was still a top 15 QB in quarterback efficiency last year. You're going to face him twice, and now you add to that the players that I mentioned before, Tua tungo You're going to face Josh Allen. You're going to face Aaron Rodgers. You're going to face Justin Herbert. It's going to be a tough QB schedule for the Cowboys, and I want to open a parenthesis here, and I'm going to say I'm not saying that the Cowboys' defense – won't be good anymore. Heck, as I said last week on paper and from a practical point of view, I'm thinking they're going to be even better. And we dove deep into why last week. But it is a thing that this uh, defensive regression statistically is a thing. And at some point, it is bound to happen to the Cowboys. Could we see a scenario in which it happens in 2023? I sure as heck, I'm not going to dismiss. That possibility, even though I'm excited about Sam Williams' second-year jump, I am super excited about the addition of an all-pro cornerback like Stephon Gilmore, because even if he is in the latter stage of his career, we saw him play last year, and he was still very freaking good. I'm still betting that the Cowboys' defense will be one of the top five units in the NFL after being top three the last couple of years. But there is a a, there is certain level of some of uncertainty that you have to kind of admit is there for the Cowboys heading into 2023. So my question from me to you in the chat is. Do you agree or disagree that defensive regression is a reason to be skeptical about the Cowboys 2023 NFL season? Let me know your answers in the chat. Let's see what you got for me in the chat, by the way. Toxic says, I do think the defense will regress in some areas. Everything has trade-offs. For example, I don't see you letting in takeaways three years in a row. And it would be very fun if it does happen, because if I'm not mistaken, and I might be, but if, if, if I remember correctly, I mean, I know for a fact that the Cowboys where the first defense since the 70s Steelers, uh, the 70s Steelers are still current in defense to lead the league in takeaways in consecutive years. I know that for a fact, but if I'm not mistaken, those same Steelers did it for three years. So that would be quite the streak if the Cowboys are able to keep it up. Let's see here, Holly disagrees. Let's see, Jax is right Gregory says, "No, I'm not really worried about our defense." Marcus Rowe says, "Has Herbert figured out Kellen Moore's offense yet?" That's that's the first question before we put him in that line of QBs that we were mentioning it earlier. I I respect that, Marcus. I'm really I'm really curious about how the Chargers' offense is going to look like in 2023. How sad would it be <laughs> if we start seeing like this super aggressive version? of Kellen Moore that that we didn't really uh, get to see in Dallas. Toxic Tom says, I will go with agree playing the odds on this. And this is it. Exactly this is it for me. Like on paper, the players' evaluations, all of that will tell me that the Cowboys' defense is still going to be better. But there's a lot of statistical evidence that defenses will regress over time. And very drastically from one year to another, the Cowboys avoided that in 2022. Can they avoid it again in 2023? Can they beat luck that way? Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it for sure. Uh, Cowboys, for example, and I'm just going to throw out one more, like kind of example of how defensive regression can come into play. And I think a lot of it also has to do with turnovers, right? 2021, Cowboys had 11 picks from Trevon Diggs we knew it was not gonna happen again and we knew that Trevon Diggs could improve as a player and I actually think that he did Trevon Diggs was a better cornerback in 2022 than he was in 2021 in coverage in my opinion he just got all of the takeaways in 2021 right but the Cowboys still forced the most fumbles or were tied for the most fumbles first as a defense last season and they were the best team in third down or, or men. Actually, I'm going to put an asterisk in there because I'm, I don't remember if they were the very best team or they were like top five in fumble recovery percentage. And, you know, there's some luck to that because the football can bounce several ways. Right. And to give you an idea, the Houston Texans forced the same amount of fumbles that the Cowboys did last year But they had much fewer recoveries just because, you know, luck was not on their side like it was on the Cowboys' side. I will say that, and I have not, I don't, do not have, excuse me, a lot of statistical evidence of this. This is just anecdotally. And I would say, in theory, if you're forcing fumbles because of your pass rush, if you are getting strip sacks, I would assume those are more likely. For the defense to recover than it is a wide receivers fumble or a running backs fumble just because of the direction that the defensive players are going which is to the quarterback while the offensive linemen have their backs to the quarterback that's what I would assume that's just anecdotal uh, maybe the Cowboys can control their luck that way but even fumble recovery rates are a way to look into that potential defensive uh, regression right Toxic Tom says, Mo, genuinely curious how much better can the defense get? And this reminded me of of that uh, Kobe Bryant TV ad. But how much records can my records break? All about the law of diminishing returns for me, says Toxic Tom. Yeah, that is true. Like statistically, there is not a lot of room to go upwards, well, right? If you look at the graphic right now on the screen, Cowboys are second in that top 10 list. I mean, if you're talking about just statistically speaking, they can get one spot better, right, for 2022. But if we want to look at it beyond the numbers and kind of go, what defense would i rather have for a postseason game against San Francisco 49ers, against the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, the other top NFC contenders, then you would say, of course, like, there, there is... That's a whole different conversation. Because if we go just by numbers only, I think it would be kind of unfair because I think it also kind of you also kind of have to look at the quarterbacks that you're facing, the teams that you're facing, and which of the two was the toughest schedule overall from a defensive point of view. Maybe in a, a another potential episode of primetime, honestly, kind of looking at that question specific how much better can the defense get? That would be a good one. Uh, The guru says, and this is the guru giving his three reasons to be skeptical. He says, field goal kicker, Dak learning a new offense, and number three, depth at linebacker. Before I dive into my second reason to be skeptical tonight, let me know in the chat, what is your biggest reason to be skeptical about the 2023 Cowboys? And for those of you who are just tuning into the show this is just a, let's call it a critical thought exercise. We're not trying to hate on the Cowboys or anything like that. I'm just a fan of looking at things from different point of views and trying to reach more insightful and more well-informed views of things. So let me know in the chat, what is your biggest reason to be skeptical for the 2023 Cowboys? And while you do that, and before I give you my second one, let me talk to you about our friends over at freemanmazda.net because as always it is time for us to discuss the ride of the week from a family-owned business has been so for over 65 years by the way and you can check out their wide range of new and used vehicles over at freemanmazda.net or their car dealership in Irving, Texas. You can browse through the features of every car pictures of the outside and inside of every vehicle and as we do around this time here on prime time we should dive into the ride of the week in this case it is the new 2023 mazda mx5 miata rf grand touring this one starts at 36 grand 815 dollars it's got apple carplay slash android auto manual transmission a convertible roof Premium audio, a blind spot monitor, and a miles per gallon capacity of 26 in the city. That goes up to 34 when you are on the highway. So make sure you check it out. FreemanMazda.net, the ride of the week. Let's see what you guys have to say, though. What's your biggest reason to be skeptical about the Cowboys? Talk success. Jerry Jones is my reason. He finds a way to ruin it. Marcus says, slow start offensively. Let's see here. Yes, I think the Cowboys are going to be the team that no one is going to want to play, says Ines. Joey Bella says, his reason is Dallas not picking up Ryan Nall just yet. Charlene with an interesting one. McCarthy time clock management. That's a good one. And that is one that I'm really looking forward to seeing how involved are the Cowboys going to be uh, uh sorry let me re- rephrase that how involved are is the cowboys analytics department gonna be in that area and i say that because the cowboys hired john park they hired another strategic analyst and john park was still tweeting about adding even more people to the cowboys strategic department i'm not entirely sure how they're gonna officially brand that but Let's call it the analytics team. And when John Park was in Indianapolis, he was on the headset with Frank Reich, the head coach, and he was—he had input on what the on the, what the Colts did in those years, including game day decisions like calling a timeout, not calling a timeout, going for it on fourth down. And the Cowboys seem to be putting in the investment to put together that team. How does that look like on game days? Not entirely sure. Maybe we will find out later in the year, but could that help on the clock management side of things? Hopefully, for now, I think it's a very good reason to be skeptical. Thinking about, uh, thinking out the boxes, Alec, uh, Lance, excuse me, skeptical about the running back position. I love Pollard, but we also have no backups, says Guru policies is that coaching in the front office is the biggest reason. I'm going to go with number two on this list. I'm going to go with, yeah, I mean, the Mike McCarthy project. I've talked a lot about the changes that the Cowboys offense could feature when the season starts. I've talked about some of the things that I'm excited about among those new pass protection schemes an increased use of outside zone and a specialization in outside zone instead of running a very diverse menu of running schemes. I'm excited about that. And still, how refreshed is Mike McCarthy's offense really going to be? Because he hasn't done it in a while. And the last few years that he was with Green Bay, His offense didn't look too great. It went a little bit stale. It stopped being special. And if you look at the numbers for his entire coaching regime, it's an impressive track record. Number three offense between 2006 and 2018 in EPA pre-play. Top four offense just throwing the football too. So it's a good, good unit. Uh, the one that he had in Green Bay for all those years, which were evidently very different teams. Like He did not have the same team when he won the Super Bowl for the first time as he did five years later or something like that. It, it was not the same. Still, he has not pl- called plays in a while. And you do got to wonder how different is his scheme going to look like. And not only that, but how how will he fare taking over an offense that is partly not his. And I've talked about it before here on the show too. I think that the 30% number that the Cowboys have offered uniformly, and I say that because Dak Prescott has mentioned that it's going to be a 30% change. Mike McCarthy has mentioned the same number. Brian Schottenheimer also said 30%. And I think that figure has been a little bit overblown because some people say, oh, it's not going to change, almost. But I do think that how it's called, like you can change the offense, the playbook, the language by 30%, but how you call it on Sundays, it can look very differently and how you specialize in stuff, etc. So it's still going to be partly killing Moore's offense. And how does that look like, right? So I do wonder about it. Uh, I can see how it can go south. I can see how it can backfire for the Cowboys because this was indeed one of the most efficient offenses in the NFL with Kellen Moore at the wheel. That's not to say that it was all perfect because it really was not, but the bar is set pretty high for the Cowboys in, at least from a numbers perspective, during Kellen Moore's regime, the Cowboys were almost, not almost, Uh, That would be crazy to say, but statistically they were like number two in points per game scored behind only the Kansas City Chiefs and the same for DBOA and that kind of stuff. They were one of the most efficient teams in the NFL and now Kellen Moore is gone. And I do agree. I do agree that uh, Marcus Rowe, as Marcus Rowe says, that offense does need to change. You couldn't keep going with that in my opinion. I I agree with that. But I also kinda can see how it's not a surefire bet, right? First year calling the offense since 2018. It's not even your offense entirely. And again, I'm optimistic. We've gone over the changes here on the show that we could see. We've gone over some of the reasons to be excited about the change. There are some 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 good question marks there. And then my number three reason to be skeptical. Just to close out my reasons before I dive deeper into the comments here, because I see a lot of interesting ones coming in. If you have thoughts, as always, make sure that you drop them in the chat. And by the way, just a quick time out here, do me a favor and hit the like button if you're enjoying the show. If you enjoy the content, smash that thumbs up button for me because every like puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. So I really appreciate you taking. A split second to go ahead and do that, but I was going to say number three reason has to be the potential woes of the offensive line. Right now, I am of the school of thought that the Cowboys are going to play their their best five up front, and because I am of that school of thought, I would say that the Cowboys are going to play Tyrant Smith at left tackle and Tyler Smith at left guard. And I personally like it. I know it's one of the most controversial offseason topics that you can get into for the Cowboys this year. But still, you worry about Tyron Smith's health. Can he play full season? Statistically, that has not been likely at all over the last few years. Has not happened in a long, long time. You want it to happen, but will it happen? And if Tyron Smith goes down, as much as you talk about a position flexibility, things can get ugly pretty fast cuz you're moving Tyler Smith from inside to the outside and you can feel good about it because Tyler Smith proved that he was special in year 1, that he could uh, that he was not going to be a liability in other words. But I'm not sure who would take over at left guard and then that's where it can get pretty, pretty dangerous really quickly because you're only as good as your worst offensive lineman, right? People say that all the time. Coaches say that. I believe it to be true because that way opposing defenses can focus on the donkey as coach Cody Alexander would say in one of his Substack match quarters articles. And then all of the pressures go to the weak spot, to the weak link. And it only takes one. It only takes one for opposing defenses to zero in on that offensive lineman, force a running back to be critical in pass protection and make him choose and make him get into conflicts. And it's a dangerous game to play. I'm not sure what's the best choice for the Cowboys because I would still prioritize playing with my best group of five as much as I can. So I would still plan on Tyron Smith being the starting left tackle of the team. But it can go wrong really quickly. And that's a delicate game that the Cowboys are going to be playing. And they're going to be balancing it a little bit. That's my number three reason to be skeptical about the 2023 Dallas Cowboys. I think that's my biggest concern on offense. Because I'm not sure I feel very confident about the tight end room. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker, Jake Ferguson are both promising and talented. But are the Cowboys going to be able to easily replace what Dalton Schultz was for the offense, even if I agree he was no Travis Kelsey, he was no uh, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, anything like that, he was still a very productive piece of your offense. And now he's gone, so I'm kind of slightly worried about that. But I think I'm more worried about just the depth of the offensive line uh, of the offensive line and the Tyrant Smith thing, right? The Tyrant Smith thing specifically. Toxic Tom says, saying if Tyrant goes down is like saying if the sun rises, it's going to happen. That's the thing with Tyrant Smith. That's, I think, what we all think about number 77 at this point. Let's see here some of your comments. Uh, There were a lot of interesting ones. Before we get out of here, let me try to get through as as much as I can, as many as I can. Uh, There was one from Guru who says... Hey, Guru actually touched on the tight end thing a little bit earlier. He says, will our current three tight ends feel the choose of the parted tight end Dalton Schultz? It's a fair concern. And it's one that I think has gotten underestimated because I think that most of Cowboys Nation, or at least it was a debate. I'm not sure if it was most or not, but at least it was a 50-50 debate on whether or not should the Cowboys extend Dalton Schultz. And it got to a point in which we all were expecting him to leave. It wasn't a surprise that he left in free agency. But I think that we have underestimated how productive he was for Dallas. Was he special, like the elite tight ends in the league? Maybe not. Did he dictate coverage? I don't think so. I don't think that he did. I don't think that he was that major concern for opposing secondaries or anything like that. But he was still putting out the numbers, right? He was still being a, quote-unquote, sure-ish catcher for Dak Prescott on offense. And now you're betting on two very inexperienced players. You know, even number three tight end, even the number three tight end, but mostly those top two guys who appear to be Schoonmaker and Ferguson. Let's see here. Uh, And Guru also said, McCarthy and Schottenheimer will work hand-in-hand with the offense. It won't be all McCarthy. And I agree, but McCarthy is going to be the top mind. Uh, I do agree with that. McCarthy is going to be the top mind, though. Eli says, I think the offense is going to be the same as last year and be terrible on offense in the playoffs. Hopefully, that's not the case. Gregory wants to see at least 30% more play action. Toxic Tom says, I swear, if I see running up the A-gap, if I see curl routes, and if I see Mike clapping on the sidelines, I might riot. You know, running into the A-gap, uh, the Cowboys seem to be focusing on outside zone, right? There's many different types of outside zone runs, obviously. But we might see less of those interior runs, hopefully. And I also think that curl routes are not going to be a staple of McCarthy's offense. Just like Kellen's. Katharina says McCarthy knows that his butt is on the line, I think, and he will not be stale. Trust me, I like what we have in 2023. Minus sick. Thank God Moore is gone, says Katharina. Don't overlook Dan Quinn's endorsement of the offense, says Sugar Daddy Williams. Jesus says Dak Prescott be stronger. You're my hero. And maybe I missed some other good comments. Sorry about not getting to all of them tonight. Uh, Dano here says, Schultz reminded me of a sack type of tight end." I also think he's being overlooked. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that loss. I think we moved on pretty quickly from that loss, and I kind of think I know why. Again, it's because we all expected it to happen. Not entirely sure that it was a surprise that the Cowboys moved on from Dalton Schultz. Maybe the the most surprising point of that development was when we heard for how much he had signed with the Houston Texans. Because that was a pretty low number. And you would have assumed that maybe for that amount of money, he could have been kept. But the Cowboys were ready to move on. They were ready to move on. And now they have. We'll find out how that pans out for the Cowboys. But anyways, that is our 2023 skeptical look at the Dallas Cowboys. I wanted to make this one happen for a while now. I uh, thought that it was fun. I uh, thought that it was insightful. We, I always like to look at things from several points of view. If you also enjoyed it, do me a favor. Hit the like button for me. Smash that thumbs up to help me put this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. And ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight. Primetime, as always, brought to you by our friends over at TrimmingMazda.net. Hope that you guys had a fantastic weekend. Hope that you guys have a fantastic start to the week. And as we do every Sunday through Thursday at 8 p.m. Central. I will see you tomorrow. Muchísimas gracias a todos. Bye-bye.